0: Input Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got stories about how the pandemic is affecting year end traditions and our everyday fashion choices.
1: 2018 version, Everyone Controls Rewind, was released on December 6 and has quickly racked up more than 100 million views. But that's not the number that really matters. It has more than 8.5 million thumbs down and counting, making it the most disliked non-music video in YouTube history.
0: YouTube recently announced that due to 2020's horribleness, it's skipping its annual Rewind highlights video. This gave writer Ralph Jones an excuse to look back at YouTube Rewind 2018, which has gone on to become the most disliked YouTube video of all time. Here are InputMag.com editor Ryan Houhan and editor-in-chief Joshua Topolsky discussing Ralph's piece.
1: Uh, we have another piece on the site that's really interesting by Ralph Jones, which is about YouTube Rewind, which is not happening this year. Can you explain how can you explain to the viewer, the listener, whoever it is, what YouTube Rewind is? So YouTube Rewind is every year YouTube creates a short video, obviously a YouTube video that encompasses all the biggest moments from YouTube culture. So they try to bring in their biggest creators and all their moments. Like if there was like a, a lizard who did a backflip and everybody loved that that lizard, that lizard would be part of the video. And mm. they sort of mash it up and they try to make it into like an entertaining end of year event. There
2: is a, a Weezer song called Pork and Beans. Have you ever heard of it? The video for Pork and Beans is all of these internet memes that were popular at the time that now seem like so hilarious and ridiculous to us. Remember the history of Dance Guy and Tay Day? Remember Tay Day, Chocolate Rain? Yeah. Like, and, and, and in fact, very moving song, Chocolate Rain. Yes, actually, Chocolate Rain is an Incredible song, but people like from that era. So the the video of Pork and Beans, like the the lightsaber kid, you know, the Star Wars kid or whatever, the the karate guy who falls, knocks himself over or whatever. Like they're all in that video. It, it really is sort of brilliant on the part of Weezer to pre-sage what it's essentially what YouTube Rewind is, which is it's like all of the stuff that everybody knows from the year compacted into like one. Like how long is the video? Like five minutes or something? Yeah maybe it's longer than that, but it's also like all of the popular creators, right?
1: Yes, it's usually less than 10. And you Um, were saying people don't like it. They're not doing it this year, not just because people don't like it, but because of COVID. Uh, But people are very relieved because they hate it so much. And the reason that they hate it so much and that they've grown to hate it more and more over the years is that like YouTube and what YouTube is has changed and it's very hard to pin down. And so what you end up seeing is sort of what YouTube wishes it only were, which is the most commercialized successful creators, the most whitewashed memes, the most family adjacent personalities in different topics. So they pick someone who's good at makeup and someone who's good at dancing and someone who's like funny. And then they mash them all together. And for a community that is so big and and so the point of which is that you can post anything and that you can cater to whatever niche you want and you don't need to be as commercial or mainstream as you would need to to sell a television show. It's very frustrating to see like the Try Guys do like a Harlem Shake with Rebecca Black while the, you know, baby shark baby (laughs) is in the background. Uh, People are really put off by it. And uh, unfortunately, we spoke to, uh, we spoke to, Ralph spoke to um, a bunch of the people at Google who put these together and they work really hard to try to make something fun but it's an impossible task and it's really hard for YouTube to do what other places do. Like if MTV wants to do a year end wrap up, they can like hit their biggest shows with their biggest stars and nobody feels left out. But on YouTube, if you go there and you just listen to philosophy channels, you're not going to be in the fun Harlem shake dance video. So then you're like, this isn't really YouTube to me. And it feels inauthentic.
2: Right. right. It's like, like Contra doesn't feel like a good fit. No. With, with like Pizza Rat or whatever. Yeah. Pizza Rat isn't really a YouTube thing, but you know, that's the idea, like Logan Paul or whatever.
1: But even the people who are huge on the platform, who are ostensibly or were YouTube's most marketable personalities, like Logan Paul or PewDiePie. Are now embroiled in such horrifying Nazi adjacent scandals that they don't include them, and yet they're a huge part of their money making machine. And so it's just it always is going to strike you as inauthentic. It's always going to strike you as corporate. It's always going to strike you as as cloying. Maybe this is the year they just let rewind die, and they don't like keep doing this. I I let other people do it. I I don't think we need it. it. I don't think we need it. I think that
2: that 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 YouTube as a platform is too diffuse to just celebrate this concept of like a YouTube creator or moment because they're not really homogenous, to your point. It is as much a platform for a variety of voices as like Reddit is, right? And it's like, you couldn't do a Reddit rewind because there's like a million communities on Reddit and they're all
1: wildly different. And, and the only thing that unites them is that they're all different and so the YouTube well, they use and they use that platform but it's like you can't celebrate the platform it's that's yeah, not like, what, oh we all got likes or whatever yeah. <laughs> like you know we Wait. can po- you can pause it <laughs> but, but like, the YouTube rewind 2018 is now the most disliked video on all of YouTube even more than Justin Bieber's baby video because the only thing that really united people in 2018 was like, that they found it annoying and cloying, and I think you, Google and YouTube, would be very smart to just to, to start to sunset some of these instincts they had. Call to turn it, yeah. YouTube into like you, you know, kid's put fun time zone.
2: Put the time and money into that you're putting into rewind into coming up with an effective way to uh, moderate uh, Nazis and misinformation off of your platform. You know, do that. Uh, find a way to not have your do comments. Do
1: that
2: challenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> find a way to have your comments not be like an absolute automatic cesspool every time anybody posts anything. You know, like,
1: yeah, there are
2: lots of things YouTube could do to help people that are not uh, not a rewind.
0: Want to hear more from Ryan and Joshua? Then stay tuned for today's second story.
1: You know what's all the rage in fashion right now? Dads. I think it kind of started with like the chunky dad shoe thing, but now it's just like a full-on normcore extravaganza out there.
0: Thanks to pandemic, this summer saw the world's hype beasts quarantined at home with nowhere to flex and nowhere to turn but comfier shoes. Thus, the rise of so-called dadcore fashion, like Crocs. Writer Giovanna Osterman recently explored this trend for InputMag.com, Here are inputmag.com editor Ryan Hulahan and editor-in-chief Joshua Topolsky, an actual dad, discussing Giovanna's piece. Well, in another
1: area of our expertise, we have a piece on the site from Giovanna Osterman that's about dad shoes and dad streetwear and like the like the explosion in dad wear that has happened culturally. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I say as
2: a dad, of course, you know, I'm I'm intimately familiar with dad wear uh, and dad culture,
1: but it's comfortable. Uh, It's pandemic chic. it's, It's an it's an evolution of athleisure. It's this own thing that, like, is having a moment where, you know, we all want to be comfortable, but we're still being seen on Zoom or Instagram or whatever. So we have these, like, faded, bulky, squishy, comfortable shoes and sweatshirts. And it, it sounds like a
2: dream. You know, I used to wear... You know, clothes that were appropriate for work. And I didn't, I didn't go into work in suits and stuff, but I tried to look like a normal human that was relatively presentable. Certainly, working from home, I am, I mean, I'm currently wearing a pair of Nike shoes, the offline, the Nike offline. And they're basically like gigantic puffy slippers with like massage insoles. They have these like little like nubs on the inside. I don't remember if you got a pair of these or not, but several people on the, on the I input. Did not- team got them. I wear them constantly and I love them and they're incredibly comfortable. They're shoes that I would never wear in public. And in fact, I've actually tried to only wear them in the house as much as, as, as possible. And you know, I'm like I'll go out in a, I'll go out if I have to run to the store, which I do, I'll wear sweatpants, which I never have done before. Uh, and I'm I'm sort of I like when people get dressed up. I'm not like fancy, but I like when people I like to see people you want to stylish. see a little effort i like a i like a little effort i i don't I'm not a fan of like you see people in like their pajamas on the street, which you do sometimes around like where we live you know they're like at the bagel shop in the morning in their pajamas like that's cool but personally i'm i wouldn't uh but I do feel like this has been a real interesting moment for us but i and I think that you know the dad wear thing is is associated with it but is also in many ways its own. Beast, you know, because dad clothing. I mean, you know, there's like mom jeans, right? That we've talked about for a long time. There's been dad, like, like for instance, in this feature, the top image is a picture of these like Nike, these presumably very expensive Nike uh, shoes that look like the kinds of shoes that my dad has been wearing for like 20 years or 30 years. Okay, like these chunky, mostly white, really like they look really comfortable, but they also look kind of. Insane, you know, and like he will wear them with like slacks. And I think, you know, it's a very specific kind of, it's not laziness exactly, it's just like, Comfort, it's just comfort over not over anything, but it's like as much comfort as you can get out of clothes that still look remotely presentable. I, that makes a lot of sense for where we are in the world. I think there's also this more underlying thing about the dad streetwear sort of uh, fusion, which is there is a longing for a feeling of safety and comfort that I think a lot of people have, not everybody, but many people have associations with when when they think of their fathers and they
1: think of their life as a child. And I think there is a little bit of, I, and parents are also known for opting for utility and pragmatism. hundred percent, yes,
2: right. I mean, there's so there's so much of like what you would consider like your parents' like clothing choices, like mom are, jeans, yeah, mom jeans. Exactly. Are not wearing them because they're trying to make a fashion statement. They're they're com- presumably comfortable,
1: you know. They're comfortable. Uh, they're functional. They're durable. You know, when you, you bend over, your ass this, isn't hanging you, out. You know, you have you, to get to the schoolyard by eight a.m. and you know that they're going to work. Yeah. I I mean the the there is
2: functional for you know if form over function uh is 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 has been inverted here I think and I think that's a good thing in a lot of ways but I think there's also like a little bit of a return to You know, when you think about parents' clothing and dad's clothing, it's also just utilitarian clothing, right? It's like stuff that will just work in any situation, stuff that is unfussy that you don't have to go, like, all right, what is, how is this going to, you know, does this go with this? Does that go with that? It's like, it's a pair of basic shoes, it's a pair of basic jeans, it's a sweatshirt. It's just stuff that is like easy, right? And I think that we do want right now. We want easy, like I think that complexity is is something that people are trying to avoid in I can't every... even imagine
1: I can't even imagine putting on like a, an outfit that's very complicated and like that I have to get pressed and new shoes that I have to shine like no, I n- never right now yeah. no, next it's li- year.
2: It's, honestly it's liberating I, I will say also this you know it's like I've been at home for nine months like not working out real hard you know i put I put on a couple of pounds. I don't really feel like trying to get into my like jeans that just fit. Like nine months ago, they just fit right. Now they kind of just don't. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to like sit in those jeans all day. I can put on some fucking sweatpants and enjoy life. Um, So you know, I think there's a lot of stuff going into it. I do believe that uh, it's interesting. Jeff Ahaza, who uh, is an editor at Mike.com, was previously a writer at The Outline. Wrote a piece at The Outline. I think we've talked about this before that I loved about how workwear was the future of fashion. And I think very much like workwear. I think dad stuff. I mean, there is certainly a relationship, right? I think historically, there's a relationship between like quote unquote workwear, like overalls, you know, that like the men would wear at the factories in 1930 or whatever, and like the kind of workwear that people wear now as like a fashion statement. We bought these these one piece uh, mechanics jumpsuits. Remember, we we bought these for CES, and all of the input team wore them at CES. And not only were they incredibly comfortable, and I think very cool looking, but they were super functional. They had a lot of pockets. They were like easy to get in and out of. It was like you didn't need to think about like anything, but like, okay, I got shoes on, I got my jumpsuit on, I'm good to go. And so I think the future of fashion, comfort obviously, is a part of it. I do think like the uncomfortable, like, you know, it's not how you feel, it's how you look kind of stuff is 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 will be coming to a close in some way. Especially as we're in when your performance is taking place on Instagram or Twitter or or TikTok and it's not taking place like on the streets of your city or in your friend group. Like, yes, there's performance there, but people can perform anywhere now. They perform everywhere. Some extent, so like you can look good for a picture and then move on with your life and wear whatever the fuck you want. The future of fashion is definitely going to be focused more on uh, function and and comfort, but also I think fashion is going to slow down, and I think we're already starting to see it that there is that the industry of fashion is relatively unsustainable in the sense that you know there are some things that are obviously hot right now, like new shoes in limited quantities, but they are limited quantities of shoes, right? Like we're they're not producing hundreds of thousands of these like Nike shoes, like you can't even get a pair, right? They're very hard to come by. So I do think that like scarcity and and more longevity in clothing is is the future of fashion to some extent. It's also like off, obviously horrible for the environment to have these like fast fashion stores like H and M, the Gap, where it's just like every two weeks there's a bunch of new clothes there that get thrown in the garbage. So I think like there there is something to that intersects with the dad fashion clothing movement that is that makes a lot of dad core. Norm core, whatever you want to call it, that makes a lot of sense for the future, for the dystopian future we're all going to be
0: living in. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Hulhan and Joshua at Joshua Topolsky. I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening.